Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed horror makeup artist Abby Ingalls. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. In honor of Valentine's Day, I released that flash fiction fantasy romance piece I wrote when I was dealing with writer's block. You can find that on Amazon in ebook format only. It's called Under the Light of the Full Moon, Matthew's Secret. It does verge into erotica, so if that's something you're uncomfortable with, that's fine. Give this one a pass. If the thought of werewolf erotica excites you, though, definitely check it out. In novel news today, Forbes dropped some Valentine's Day streaming recommendations, among them Fifty Shades of Grey, based on the novel by the same name. No shade to Forbes, but I hate that series. If you're wanting some great romance movies based on books, I recommend The Notebook, The Time Traveler's Wife, The Fault in Our Stars, The Princess Bride, and Little Women. If you're not feeling the romance today, then I recommend Rosemary's Baby, Carrie, Flowers in the Attic, 1408, or Coraline, all of which are based on novels too. As for me, I'll be watching Godzilla vs. Mothra with my son today. It's not based on a novel, but it's still a classic. Ohio's Just Write writing competition will be going on in spite of the pandemic, but with some modifications. Instead of having 150 students from 30 Toledo area high schools gather together at a host school like they did last year, this year's competition will take place online, and the students will write from their home on their computers. With so much else canceled by the pandemic, executive director and founder Michael Nelson didn't want to take away this creative outlet that means so much to the kids who participate. Now on to comics. Today's comic is a Valentine's Day one, and of course, Paul is Petunia's Valentine. It's sweet. In comic news, Marvel Comics just introduced their first South Korean superhero. Taeguki is named after the South Korean flag and wears a costume bearing the flag. He was revealed in Taskmaster number 3 and seems a lot like a South Korean version of Captain America. Brian K. Vaughn's comic book series Paper Girls is coming to Amazon Prime as an original series. The story follows four 12-year-old girls who deliver newspapers in the fictional town of Stony Stream, Ohio. While making deliveries the day after Halloween, the girls become entangled in a conflict between two groups of time travelers. Casting has not yet been announced. Susanna Polo of Polygon said of the comic book series, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, but wish the show handled its female characters or its queer coding, 
or its rosy-eyed love of 1980s pop culture, with a little more nuance more frequently, you'll find a lot to like. And as the show is still in pre-production, no release date has been announced. Alright, next up is journalism. Every day in February, I'm going to highlight one influential Black history figure. Today's Black History Month highlight is Martin Robinson Delaney, one of the first people of color admitted to Harvard's medical school and the first African-American major in the Army. Delaney was born on the 6th of May, 1812, to Patty and Samuel Delaney in Charlestown, Virginia. Though his father was an enslaved person, his mother was not, and according to Virginia law at the time, a baby's free or enslaved status at birth was determined by their mother's status. So Martin Delaney was born free. All of Delaney's grandparents were born in Africa and captured by slavers. According to family tradition, his paternal grandfather was a Gola chieftain who died resisting abuses while enslaved. His mother's father was a Nigerian prince named Shango, who was captured along with his wife Gracie and brought to the United States as slaves. They were later freed in Virginia, possibly because of their noble titles. When Martin Delaney was a child, a slave patroller attempted to force him and his brother into slavery. Their mother traveled the 20 miles to the courthouse to argue for their freedom, and was successful. Growing up, he and his siblings learned to read with a primer a peddler gave to his mother, but they were almost arrested in September 1822 when she was discovered with a book. At the time, it was illegal to teach black people in Virginia how to read. His mother had had enough of Virginia and their nonsense, so she packed up her children and left for Pennsylvania. His father had to remain in Virginia until they saved up enough to purchase him out of slavery a year later, at which point he joined them. In Pennsylvania, Martin was at least allowed to go to elementary school. After completing grade six, he continued his education in the cellar of a Methodist church, then became a barber, and then apprenticed under a white physician, Dr. Andrew N. McDowell, in 1932. As an adult, Delaney was politically active, attending African-American conventions and writing on public issues. In 1847, he founded the North Star newspaper with Frederick Douglass. In 1850, he was accepted into Harvard Medical School. He and two others, Daniel Lang Jr. and Isaac H. Snowden, were the first three African-Americans admitted to Harvard Medical School. Within a month of the term starting, their white classmates were submitting racist petitions to the school to get them removed, and all three were forced to withdraw. He saw no future for himself in the United States, so he emigrated to Canada for a time and spent many years traveling in Africa. When the Civil War broke out, Delaney returned to the United States to help recruit for the Union Army. In 1865, he was granted an audience with President Lincoln, who commissioned him as a major in the Army, making him the first African-American to hold the rank. Delaney recruited and led regiments of former slaves into Charleston, South Carolina. When Union forces captured the city, Major Delaney was part of the ceremony to unfurl the flag at Fort Sumter. After the war, Delaney was transferred to Hilton Head Island to assist with the Freedmen's Bureau. After retiring from the Army, he resumed his political activity and unsuccessfully ran for several offices. With white supremacy still rampant, he organized a group of Charleston-based blacks to emigrate to Liberia, but instead of leaving with them, he withdrew from the project and began practicing medicine again at the urging of his wife. Martin Delaney died of tuberculosis on the 24th of January, 1885. He was buried in a family plot at Massey's Creek Cemetery in Cedarville, Ohio. And now for today's interview with Abby Ingalls. Hi, Abby. Thanks so much for joining me. Please tell the listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Abby, if you didn't notice already. Uh, I'm actually from Detroit, but I'm living in Texas. 
Uh, and I am mostly just an awkward little musician who has some fun hobbies. Yeah, and we're going to talk about one of those fun hobbies. I noticed you on Instagram with your makeup transformations. So when did you first get into makeup artistry? I first got into makeup artistry about four years ago when I was about 11, actually. Nice. And how did you get interested in that? So it was mostly my obsession with horror movies, actually. So a lot of what I love, my favorite movie ever since I've been about eight, was The Exorcist, which is known as one of the scariest movies there is out there. But like, it just captured my little heart. You seem to have a particular affinity for zombies. What sparked that interest? Well, that's kind of a bit different than The Exorcist, obviously. But um, so zombies are really cool and easier to make um specifically because they don't have to be very atom like like their anatomy doesn't have to be correct where you can kind of be a little more theatrical you can be like well it's just a zombie it doesn't have to be that tendon doesn't have to be in place for sure yeah and what's your favorite look that you've created that would have to be the one that i think i posted today um it's on my instagram it's this really cool look where like half of my face has been like infected with something it was actually for an english project believe it or not that's awesome that you're able to incorporate one of your really interesting talents into an english assignment i love that (laughs) what was the assignment uh my the assignment was um for elements of horror because we were like supposed to do like this horror unit in my English class but you know it's school so they didn't show us anything scary so I'm like I'm gonna change that. Your English class sounds way cooler than any I ever took. (laughs) I'm just creative and I had a cool teacher who let me do whatever I wanted. (laughs) That always helps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what are your long-term career goals? You're still young you've got a lot ahead of you. Well I'm a musician actually. Overall, I want to be a songwriter, but my more practical route is to be a musical therapist for special needs children. That sounds amazing. That's wow. Thank you. You are so well-rounded in your talents. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but since we're since we're talking about the the makeup look, if you could create a makeup look for anyone, who would you want it to be and what would you do? I want to make Jim Carrey into the Heath Ledger Joker. Ooh. Because I think that would be just an amazing look. And like Jim Carrey is one of my favorite actors of all time. And I think he would do an amazing job as the Joker because he's just so theatrical. And the Joker is just so much of like that insaneness. You know, Jim Carrey's always like doing these like funny characters, which he's amazing at. But I want to see him as a maniac. That would be amazing to see. Yes. Yeah. Um, If someone wants to get into makeup artistry, what are the basic supplies they need to have? Well, so the one basic thing that this needs to kind of hinge off of is if you are allergic to latex. Because the makeup that I do is all centered around liquid latex and cotton. So you would need liquid latex, cotton, and I'm going to say a full face of beauty makeup. And I think that's all you would need. What if you're allergic to latex? What would you use instead? I would recommend um, gelatin or um, silicone. Silicone is more expensive and gelatin is harder to work with. Liquid latex is my personal favorite medium, but I'm not allergic to, to any liquid latex, so I'm fine. All right. And how can someone improve their makeup artistry skills? You know, it's always going to be practice 
And then it depends on what your like kind of niche is. If you love to do anatomy correct looks, then you're going to want to study anatomy. If you do body painting, you're going to want to probably like paint um, on 2D surfaces and draw a lot and again, study anatomy, but it's just practice. For sure. That makes sense. (laughs) What's the best advice you've ever received for makeup? Uh, The best advice I've ever received overall, it's just do it for the love of it. And then for makeup specifically, clean your brushes. Oh, yes. Don't let them get disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's You got to be sanitary with everything, especially if you do it on other people. You're going to want to be sanitary. So clean your brushes. But also do it for the love of it. Don't do it because you have to. Definitely. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, My main social media is Instagram. You can find me at Abby Ingalls, A-B-B-I-E-I-N-G-A-L-L-S. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. It's been great chatting with you and I wish you the best of luck in the future. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. Yet another day of staying inside for me. Nothing like that polar vortex combined with a pandemic to make you never want to leave your house again. I'm so looking forward to the end of the week when it will finally be warm enough to go outside without my skin freezing off. My book, A Brief Guide to Barefooting, is available as a free ebook through February 18th. Make sure you head over to Amazon to grab that during the promotion if you don't have a copy already. In today's barefoot news, a Reddit user shared a somewhat disturbing story and asked others for advice. Last week, I was coming home from work, and just as I was coming up the driveway, my wife came running down the driveway barefoot. She saw me and yelled at me to call 911. There was a fire in the kitchen. I asked her where our daughter was because she wasn't with her, and she said she was inside and to call 911 fast. We live somewhere rural, and response times are slow. I immediately was scared the house would go up with our daughter inside before the fire department came. I tried to run inside, and she tried to stop me, yelling again and again that I couldn't go in. There was a fire. I went in. The way the house is laid out, you have to go through the kitchen to get to the hallway with the nursery. There was a grease fire on the stove in a pan, and the wall above the stove and the curtains nearby was catching. I put out the pan by putting a lid on it, and then put out the wall and curtains with the fire extinguisher. Then I immediately went to the nursery and got our daughter. Going back outside, my wife was gone. I soon found out she went down the road looking for a neighbor whose phone she could use. But at the time, and for a while, I was really upset that her reaction to a fire had been to run out without our baby, and even to try to stop me from going inside before the fire department had come and that she put her in danger by not trying to put the fire out with a lid or a baking tray over the grease fire at first when it was smaller or trying to use the fire extinguisher. If I hadn't come home when I did, I don't want to think about what would have happened. I went to stay with my brother and sister-in-law that night, taking our daughter, and my wife was very angry with me over it, saying the next day, how dare I leave her alone like that? She needed someone to drive her to the urgent care after injuring her feet running barefoot. That upset me even more, that that was what she was worried about, not what almost happened when she ran out of the house on fire without our baby. I've been staying at my brother's for a week now. I can definitely see where this man is coming from. That had to be so scary for him. And it would be hard to trust someone's instincts after that. I feel for the wife too, though. I've had more cooking fire experiences than I can count, especially during the time I worked in restaurants. The first time one happened, I think I was nine years old, I panicked. I just stood there screaming. My mom came and put it out in seconds, and then we had a lesson about how to put out kitchen fires. And then I had a few as a young adult. Yeah, most of the time, you just trap it from oxygen with a lid, and you're good. Your pan's ruined, but your house didn't burn down. I have had multiple occasions where I had a fire start in a kitchen at work that got bad enough that I needed to get assistance, though. And there was one time that the fire department even had to come. 
One time I dumped a bunch of salt on the fire and that usually puts it out. It smothers the flames, but this one just wasn't going out. I shouted for my boss because I was starting to panic. He grabbed the fire extinguisher, no big deal, put the fire out. But I can definitely see how she would have panicked. And we're always so ingrained to just get out, let the fire department deal with anybody else left in the house, save yourself. Sure, she didn't deal with it in the best way, and I'm kind of scoffing at her needing to go to urgent care for her injured feet. But I think this couple will get through it. Just go to therapy. Everybody should go to therapy. On a happier note, the Bundaberg Croquet Club in Queensland, Australia has a new offering, Barefoot Croquet. Committee member Troy McCallum says it's a way to draw in a younger crowd and make croquet more fun. Quote, We're always looking for new members. That's what I thought Barefoot Croquet could be a draw card to the fun side of things and help attract young people. The trouble with our sport is that people think croquet is only for old people, but it's really not. We want to bring the fun back to croquet, end quote. The club is open to all ages and abilities. For more information, visit their Facebook page. That's all for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with another interview, this time with Kendra of Blanket Fort Studios. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at Barefooting with Sierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at World of Possums and Patreon.com slash Possum Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.